MLM Nation, episode 225. As long as you truly believe in what it is that you're doing, then then go out there and, and just do it. Don't complicate it. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. To be successful, you need coaching. Someone to help you overcome obstacles, give you a kick in the butt, consistent training, and the right support group. Go get a dollar trial to MLM Nation Insider at MLMNationInsider.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and before we start, make sure you check out our partner, Networking Times. If you like ML Nation, you love Networking Times. Each issue is packed with amazing trainings and stories just like ML Nation. Go check it out at mlnation.net forward slash times. And here's today's iTunes review of the day. So uh, This is from uh, Sura Dula from Canada. I hope you're, I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Sura. Uh, but it says, love these podcasts. I'm so happy to have found these podcasts. I listen to them in my car and while listening, my, cleaning my house. And they keep me motivated, excited to work toward my goals. Thank you so much, Simon, and keep up the great work. Thank you, Sura, for sharing this. And you know, the best time to listen for training and self-development is during your downtime, like cleaning the house and driving the car. So that's, you know, never, never Take prospecting time, make training time. Training should be done in your downtime. It could be your exercise, driving a car, or like Sura is doing, cleaning the house. So I'm glad they're helpful. And listeners out there, if this show has helped you in any way, please take one or two minutes, just subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We really, really appreciate that. Please, that's the only thing we ask. All right, with that said, we got a great show coming up. Uh, let's go right to our guest. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, a Gen Y superstar, baby-faced, barely 24 years old. We got Luke Hessler. Luke, are you ready to make it happen? Hey, I was born ready, Simon. Luke Hessler was born and raised in a small town of Traverse City, Michigan, to an incredible family who raised him to believe that he could have anything he wanted in this world as long as he put God first and treated others as he would want to be treated. Luke's uncle was in gas and oil and showed him early that money equals freedom. And then his aunt was the director of the Peace Corps and showed him that the key to living is giving. When Luke first discovered network marketing, he immediately fell in love with it because of residual income and how you to help others to become successful in order for him to be successful. So Luke got started as an MLM business at 19 years old on a loan from his parents who basically just wanted to teach him a lesson that, quote unquote, these things don't work. But by the time Luke was 21, he was earning more monthly. His monthly checks exceeded his father's income as a doctor. Today, Luke is driven by his passion to show people a way out of the rat race by loving people and using money rather than using people and loving money. So, Luke, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you kind of stated, um, I grew up in a small town in Traverse City, Michigan. And because my parents were doctors, um, I was taught from a very young age that the key to success is you know going to high school, getting good grades, going to college, getting good grades and kind of following that whole routine. Um, however, what really kind of started to make me look differently is when I saw one of my good friends graduate and extremely intelligent individual. However, he, you know, even despite his 4.0 GPA, despite him going out there and having all these incredible internships, um, you know, he graduated and, and didn't get a job and not only didn't have a job, but actually was in about $60,000 of student loan debt. And um, when I saw that, that was like that wake up to call to me where there's like only two options with there, right? It's like either number one, he's a complete anomaly and that's just random and that never happens. And and, and, and that sucks, you know, for him, but it's not going to happen to me. Or there could be an issue with this system, with this plan that we're being taught. And, um, and I started to look into it. I started to study it. And when I started to find the, the college statistics talking about, you know, 53.6% of college graduates being unemployed or underemployed following graduation, average student loan debt being, you know, I've seen numbers from 40 to $50,000 per person. Um, that was when I really realized that I needed to find find something different. And, um, and, and that's when I started to look into business and everything like that. And as I stated, um, you know, my uncle was in gas and oil and, and he showed me that you do in this organized society that we live in, you know, money is inarguably the most important commodity, right? It determines the clothes that we wear, the food that we eat, um, where our kids can go to school, the lifestyle that we can, we can indulge in. Um, but I also, like, like I said, I was able to go to, uh, Africa, when I was young, when I was about 17 or 18, and and I went to third world Africa because most people think of Africa and they think it's all third world, but it's not. You know, there's uh, there's first world Africa and third world Africa, and I went there when I was you know 17 or 18 years old for a month, and and it changed me because I saw people, Simon, who had nothing. I'm talking, you know, imagine a a 10 by 10 square foot house. Uh, and it's made out of clay with dirt, you know, and that's the bedroom, the bathroom, the everything. And, you know, a family of seven or eight lives in that. And 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 these people had nothing. But in turn, they really had everything because they were the happiest people I'd ever met in my life because all their goal was was to be alive. And if they were alive, they were they were happy. And so that changed me. And so I had these two desires in my heart, right, for number one, freedom. But number two is fulfillment. And, and I never felt any more fulfilled than when I was there. And so um, when I first got introduced to network marketing, like most, I turned it down, didn't think it was real. Um, I actually I actually made fun of my friend and I posted on his Facebook wall, believe it or not, to go get a quote unquote real job. Right. And, um, and and I made fun of him for about four months. But then he came back to me and actually played the friend card on me. I remember the text distinctly. He just shot me a text. It was just, do you trust me? And, and you know, I got to put yourself in my shoes where uh, you know, I, he was just a guy who I grew up with. And so of course I trusted him. Right. And I'm like, yes. He's like, okay, if you trust me, then you got to talk to this guy, this, that, whatever. And I patronized him and I, and I looked into it, but my core reason to looking into it was to find the flaw, find what was insustainable, illegitimate, and just kind of give him that one little thing that was going to make it not really work long-term. And by trying to do that, by diving into it, I, I, I fell in love. You know, I saw the 
core of this business model, the fact that, that, you know, you, again, you do have to love other people to, to help yourself. And, and philosophically to me, that was, that was amazing. And, and I thought that, you know, right when I saw it, right when I understood the idea that I can, you know, work now, take a 40 year plan and squeeze it into three to five years. And if I work my butt off, um, you know, I, I can be free the rest of my life. And the way that I be free is by helping other people become free. Like right when that clicked with me, it was it was game over. And, and I felt like I found my passion. I felt like I found my my purpose. And, um, you know, ever since then, um, I've been I've been building the industry. I, I started it part time when I was in college and right when I was making part time with the average college graduate made at, upon graduation, I decided to take a year off and, and kind of treat it like an internship, right? Because a lot of people in college take internships. And that's how I looked at this. And I'm like, I'm going to take a year and go all in on this. And you know what, if it doesn't work, then I'm going to learn, I'm going to take that experience, and I can go right back into college where I was at. But hey, if this takes off, and, and if it goes the way that I think it can go, you know, this, this potentially could might be my career. And you know, it could free me. And so um, the latter of the two happened. I, I had some, you know, amazing success, you know, thanks to God and some, you know, incredible teammates that I have. And, you know, I've never, never looked back and never had a job since. So it's been a, an absolutely incredible experience. A very cool story. Um, let me ask you about Africa. Uh, what were you doing in Africa? And I, think I find it fascinating. Uh, what were you doing in Africa? And also, what countries did you visit? Yeah, absolutely. I only went to one country and it was Liberia. And I was there for about a month. Um, and, and like I said, I was, I was very blessed to come from an incredible family. And my, my aunt is the director of the Peace Corps. And so I went to Africa um, actually with her. And so when I was in Africa, I, I got to see both sides of it. I saw it a week um, with the in the president's guest house, actually, of Africa, President Sirleaf Johnson. And, and the unique experience, Simon, was that this was when they were going through a civil war in Liberia. And, and we sat down and had dinner with her um, every night, and we got to hear her plans to go out there and, and bring peace. And it was all about love, all about helping others, and all about those things. And so um, and that's what kind of showed me that you can lead with your heart. And I think that is the new leadership. It's not the old dictatorship that you got to do this, do that. You know, it's, it's all about love. And, um, and I saw that side of it for about a week. And then I spent three weeks um, in a place called Nimba. And Nimba is like third world Africa. You know, this is where um, there's no running water, no electricity, um, you know, and, and that's that kind of side. And, and actually a side note there that I forgot to mention, which is which is pretty cool, is that President Sirleaf Johnson, two years later, um, you know, after we sat down and had dinner with her, actually ended the the civil war in Africa and actually ended up winning the Nobel Peace Prize, which is which was pretty incredible. Wow. So you had dinner with her? With the yeah. Yeah. We had dinner with her like three, three or four times. That's incredible. That's uh, very, uh, very, very cool. So you learn early about, about loving people. That's it, you know. That that's it, and 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 it's cool because it just my my parents always told me it, you know, um, growing up that you've got to love people and and you know the the again treating others like you want to treat yourself. Um, but then when you sometimes get into high school and stuff, right, your mind can get warped because the cool kids aren't the ones that love people. You know, the cool kids are the ones that that make fun of other people and are doing those different types of things. But then because I was able to get an experience like going to Africa and like meeting meeting President uh, Sirleaf Johnson and seeing her heart. Um, it gave me a broader, you know, a broader perspective, and it made me a lot more aware. And and ever since then, you know, I've, I've always led with my heart and everything that I do. Let's talk about. Um, so you, you go back to your college days. You were yeah. part time. Um, how did you manage? Because I know a lot of distributors they get very eager. They start young. 
How did you manage your time, first of all, between studying and all that and still have time to do this business? Yeah, I'll tell you. At first, it was very... It was hard. It was a juggling act because um, when I was in school, I was I took a very rigorous class schedule um, and course load there, and and I also was in a fraternity, and so that took a lot of time away as well. And then I also had the business on the side, and so at first it was it was hard to do it. But to be honest, I think when you have a big enough dream. Um, you, you find a way. I think it was, I don't know if it was Oprah or I think it was, but it says, you know, if, if you really want something, you're going to find a way. And if you don't, you're going to find an excuse. And so that's where I was. I, I was never an organized individual. I never planned out my days ahead of time. I never did anything like that. But I realized that if I wanted to really make this thing work, I was going to have to do that. I was going to have to go out there and organize my days and create schedules and, and, you know, plan it ahead of time. And so I got to the point where I, I'm not kidding from, you know, I had every day, every hour planned out and, and I had to make sacrifices. You know, I, I couldn't go hang out with my friends all the time. You know, I couldn't go always party on the weekends. I couldn't do all of those different types of things. And, and it was tough at first, uh, I'll be honest, because, um, you know, when you're in college and, and you want to be cool and you want to, you know, it, it's, it's a big, you know, a social game and, and doing network marketing at first, it was, uh, it was like committing social suicide to be real. But, but at the end of it, it, it all became worth it. People came back around, but it was uh, it was an interesting transition, that's for sure. Did you recruit mostly college kids, or you recruited people who are older? No, all college kids. Actually, I had a um, on a, on a three year run. I had with my first company, we had a total of around I think it was twenty six or twenty seven thousand orders that went through our business, and the average age was about twenty to twenty one years old. Well, twenty six thousand orders. That yeah, was- that was that was total. Our biggest active at one time was about seven or eight thousand at one time. Wow. So um, a lot of people feel that college kids, they just want to study. And I get this all the time. Right? People ask, they want to study or they just want to party. They're not serious in the business. So how did you get them? How did you sign up with these young kids? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the, the key is to, is to put yourself in their shoes and realize, you know, and try to see the world through their eyes. And, and it was easy for me because I was a college student, right? And so I thought like them. And so um, how I did it is I thought about what got me. And my whole life and our whole lives, again, we've been programmed from a young age that, um, you know, we go to high school, we get grades, go to college, get good grades, you know, make a resume, work for a job, you work your way up the corporate ladder, you work for 40 hours a week for 40 years of your life, and you retire on 40% of our income, right? That is the that is the stigma, that is the belief that all of these college students have. However, the interesting truth is that no one really wants that. And and the reason college students, they, they you know, don't, they don't, they part and they do all these things when they're in college is not because they're lazy. It's not because they're they're not goal oriented or anything like that. It's because they they're distracted. You see, we're told our whole life that our college is going to be our four, the best four years of our life. You know, live it up because guess what? You graduate and boom, real world hits, right? And now you got to get a job. Now you got to go do something. And you know, a recent study stated that seventy percent of Americans hate their job and. And that's the truth. And, and especially for college students with the student loan debt that we have and everything that's going on, it's, it, they're not naive to the fact that it's there. They just don't want to deal with it yet. You know, they want to have fun for as long as they possibly can. And so when you look at a college student you know, and you think about what they see, right, um, they look at the world and they see these you know, four to five years, depending on you know, how hard you work. And, and that's their college years. And this is the best time of their life. It's their time to live it up and, and, and have fun, make all these memories 
memories and all this kind of stuff, right? But then again, boom, real world hits. And what's next? Working for 40 years of your life, every single solitary day. They saw their mom do it. They saw their mom's mom do it and so on and so forth. And they dread that. And so the key really is to get them to see what we see, right? Because when people see what you see, they'll do what you do. And so I think one of the most attractive things about this industry is the fact that you can take that 40-year plan and squeeze it into a three to five-year plan. And that's real. That is, that's no joke. You know, I, I was able to do it and I met a ton of other people who have been able to do the exact same thing. And when you can insert that level of belief into these people, into these young kids where they, they really see it and they really believe it, they really understand it they will work harder than anyone you could you could possibly imagine i'm talking they're doing calls at one two three a.m in the morning and they're just they're just going crazy with it because again we as a generation are not lazy um we're just distracted you know i had fraternity members who um you know it would would go and they would they would party until three in the morning and then they would get up at six a.m to go for a tailgate all right like that that takes focus. That takes dedication to go out there and do that. But the problem is that it's all towards the wrong thing. And they know in their heart of hearts that is the wrong thing. And they know in their heart of hearts that one day they're going to regret doing that. But at the same time, hey, it's a memory. Hey, it's fun. You know, you know, uh, live free and, and all these types of things. You only live once, right? But when you can show them again that that you can shift that, they can be their own boss, they can work on their own time, and they can actually gain freedom in, in America, it, it's it's incredible, incredible what, what they'll do. That's really good stuff. Um, now, how do, you get, how do you get them to see that, though? So what yeah. do you do to change their mindset to say, hey, just work hard for three years and I'll be set instead of doing this 40-year year, 40 year plan? How do you yeah. build, in other words, how do you build that belief that this is it? Yeah, well, I think it's a um, it's a it's a ladder, you know, and and different people are in different stages. Um, the the first step is is learning how to transfer vision, you know. I think, and that's and that's that's easier said than done. Getting other people to be able to see what you see, I think that's a that's an art. That's not really a, a science, right? A science is you do this, you do this. Step one, two, three, four, five, you get this. Um, being able to transfer vision is not is not an art, it, or is not a science. It, it truly is an art and it, and it stems from your belief, number one. Um, it's like, I, I always like to, to make the reference of um, Harriet Tubman and, and she was Harriet Tubman, you know, obviously back in the day when, you know, slavery was, was legal in the South and illegal in the North. She escaped um, from the plantation and then she created the Underground Railroad, a system, right, to go out there and get people from the South to the North. And, and, and she had a quote saying that, I freed thousands of slaves and she says, but I would have freed thousands more if only they knew they were slaves. And when you start to think about that, that's powerful, right? And and so that's the truth. She had that same struggle. She went into these these plantations and was like, hey, you can be free. You are a person. You're not like cattle, okay? You are a human being and you deserve to be free. And guess what? Some of them, some of them weren't gonna believe her. And that's the same thing with this. But if she didn't believe it in her herself, if she didn't believe it in her soul, you know, then then it's then and it would have been impossible to go out there and train. Transfer that belief, transfer that vision to these to those to those slaves, right? And so that's the unique thing is that it's it's something that they've never seen before. It's nothing that they've ever never understood before. And so it starts number one with your belief, number one. Number two, 
I would say giving examples of people who have already done it, showing them, hey, it is possible. Look at this person. Look at this person. Look at this person. And then number three is showing them a plan. You know, because after they believe, hey, it might be possible, if he can do it, I can do it, now they need to see a concrete plan that that it's like you do this, you get this. And when they see that concrete plan, right, it's just like when, when Harriet Tubman, now, okay, I believe it, I'm here, now how do I do it? And then now you tell her the plan, you know, you tell them the plan of how to get away. Um, you know, now they'll start to go and they'll start to focus. And, and it's like a domino, you know, my first... Um, in my first year, I was working all the time, you know, all the time. Every second that I could, I was on calls, I was doing events, I was doing three ways, I was doing it, you know. And, and after a year, we had a total of, um, you know, 500, 500 people in our business. And, um, and it was great and all, but, but guess what? It hit a tipping point. We found a couple key leaders and key influencers. And, you know, two months after that, you know, we were adding over 500 people a week. And so it's, it's a grind, it's a process, um, but, it, but it is an art to be able to go in and, and transfer that vision, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's really good stuff here. And I want to do a recap review after uh, we're off here. Um, awesome. So you... It's incredible. You said the uh, first year, 500 people. Then afterwards, first year, 500 people is impressive. So what did you do? A lot of people who are listening here, wow, I wish I could. I, I mean, they would just wish I had 10 people, right? Mm. So what did you do that they are not doing? I think the biggest thing that I did is I never confused activity with productivity. When you take a step back and you understand the simplicity of our business model is that's the fact that there are, you know, let's just take here in America. Um, and, and I'll even, I'll even take it smaller. I looked and I'll show you a, a view into what I looked at. I looked at a college students. There's about 19.1 million college students in America right now. And all of them want to be successful. They wouldn't be going to college. They wouldn't be paying money if they didn't want to be quote unquote successful. And, and so what I thought is like a certain percentage of them, right? I'm sure want to be their own boss, want to work on their own time and want to take a, a you know, a 40 year plan and squeeze it into a three to five year plan. A certain percentage of them do. And guess what? A certain percentage of them don't. Right. And, and so I looked at it this way in the fact that I, I personally, Simon, I hate scary movies. Like I, I really don't understand why someone would pay money to get scared. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me, but because I hate it, does that mean the horror movie industry is not a legitimate industry? Absolutely not, right? Absolutely not. It is a legitimate industry. There are people that like it. And so what I did in my mind is I understood that it was a numbers game. I understood that it was a it was a sorting process, right? When I first started the industry, um, you know, I used to I actually was supposed to go to Purdue to play baseball. You know, that was my dream, that was my goal. And then I hurt my shoulder and and you know that dream never happened. But um batting average in in um uh, you know, you hear Jim Rome use this example all the time. He talks about, you know, you get a, you know, if you can get three out of 10 balls, you strike out seven times, seven times out of 10, you're out, you're in the hall of fame. Um, and that's where I was at. You know, I, I understood that principle. I understood that most won't, some will, and I'm going to work with the ones that will. And, and, and I never confused activity with productivity. I knew from day one, the more people I share this story to, and the more people I help share the story to others, the more money I'm going to make. And, and those are the only real numbers that I tracked. And then I also focused, I think this was the real secret summit is I 
focused on getting better every second of every day. I'm like, I need to be so good because I started with no upline. All right, I got started on a Skype, right, for my friend who's 2,000 miles away. No upline. There was no Facebook pages, no conference calls going on, no systems, no, no anything. It was just a dream, you know? And so I had this mentality of number one as I don't, I, I, I was real. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. All right. But I do know that I need to get people to see what I see. And if they see what I see, they'll do what I do. That's, that's what I got. Number one. And I also knew that if I figured out what didn't work, I'm going to eventually figure out what does work. Right. And so I was willing to fail forward. And then number three is, is I realized something very simple. And that was the fact that I had one presentation to master. That was it. I had one presentation to master. And I thought of school. I was like, what if you could graduate college if you just had to get do one presentation, you know, do one report. And if you aced it and you presented it perfectly, you, you graduated college. I was like, I can graduate this game of life by mastering this one presentation. And so I would do everything in my power. I would every night, I would, I would, I would write it out word for word. And I would, I would repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and practice it in the shower. And I would record myself, Simon, I would record myself doing the presentation into my phone. And while it was walking to class rather than listening to music like all my friends I was listening to myself present the business and and I'll tell you the truth the first time you hear yourself you're going to hate the way you sound you're going to hate your voice you're going to hate everything about you honestly but that's what's so fantastic is because people are always their own worst critics right and so I would then take notes on what I did right what I did wrong what sounded good what sounded right um, and wrong and and eventually this is what I always tell people is that when you can record yourself and you can listen to yourself and you can be at the end of it and you listen to it and you're and not in an arrogant way, but it's like, wow, I killed that. It's like, you got it, you know, and, and you're ready to go. And so I focused on practicing. I never confused activity and productivity and I, and I tried to get better every single day. And really, thank you for sharing that. Really good stuff. You know, a lot of people, and I say that because a lot of people ask me, how do I be a better presenter? And you know, ML Nation, Luke just shared with you. This, the, it's the stuff, and this is something that totally helped me out, was listening to yourself, recording and listening to yourself. And this is actually a great book. That's one of my favorite books. I listened on an audio book, then I reread the book called The Talent is Overrated by, uh, I actually don't remember the author, but it's such mm-hmm. a good book. Talent is Overrated. And it talked about the people who are top performers. They do what Luke do, does. They record and then they analyze how what they did, what went well, what didn't well. And so the next time he's presenting, he's immediately so, so much better at it. And listening to yourself, like, it doesn't take that much time. And nowadays, anyone can record anything on an iPhone or an Android phone, right? And then when you're driving, listen to yourself and take notes of what you could, what you didn't do well, what you like. And then the next time you present, and you, you should be doing this business consistently, and like Luke is, like, talking to tons of people. He's sorting. He's getting better, like, 10 times a day, literally, because every presentation, you're getting better and better and better. It's just like, mm. um, you know, one of the things that inspired me, Tony Gwynn, the late Tony Gwynn, who was, like, the last guy the closest to hit, like, a four something like that, right? He, for the San, San Diego Padres. While other players during the road trips would party and go out, he would be in his hotel room. He had the whole San Diego Padres staff make videotapes of every at-bat, and he would analyze every single at-bat of his career to find out what went well, how did the pitch a pitch, and that's why he was a Hall of Famer. So, you know, wow. simple thing that you all can listeners can do, record your presentation, right? And if you don't have it, like, record your uplines presentation and study what they're doing and just copy what they're doing. And, I love it how you put it, Luke. It's like it's so, it makes the business so really awesome, right? You just have to master one presentation. It's not mm-hmm. like you have to do 10 turn papers and just one thing, but do it really, really good, and you got there. So, 
Yeah. Really good stuff. Uh, and by the way, look, I just want to let you know, you're amazing. I mean, when we met at ANP, Rob said you're awesome, and he's definitely right. Actually, he wasn't right. You're 10 times more awesome than 20 <laughs> years. It's really good. For someone like 23 years old with your type of uh, mindset and skills. Um, I so appreciate it. Move, moving on, right? Moving on. So what was your, what was your parents' reaction? After, first of all, what's your, what type of doctors are your parents? Because I'm interested because my dad was a doctor. And what was mm. your reaction when you started making more than they were making? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my dad is a family practitioner, um, and and he also um, does his own functional medicine clinic. So he's the chief medical officer of Chippewa and Ottawa Indians, and he also has his own functional medicine clinic as well that he runs. And then um, my mom basically just runs his whole practice. My dad sees the patients. My mom does everything else. And and their reaction was they they were they were they were so happy once it happened you know because my parents are people who always they they genuinely always wanted the best for me and and i always warn young people of this because one of the biggest things that happens is is their parents can steal their dream right it's like you're all excited i found a way out and then they go to their parents and it's like oh no i did one of those things oh no this that whatever right and and what i warn people for or um you know what i warn them about is watch out for sincere ignorance from your family members. And let me define that real quick, is that your family members sincerely want the best for you. They sincerely want you to succeed. They sincerely love you probably more than anyone else on this earth. However, they can also be sincerely ignorant because in life, you don't know what you don't know, right? And and they simply don't know the magic in the and the beauty and the possibilities, the potential in this network marketing industry and and in life, you know, you have to get to a point where where you can just you know be like, hey, mom, you gave me the foundations, right? The ability to to decipher truth from fallacies, and I'm going to apply that here today, and I'm just going to go out here and do this, and so. Honestly, when it happened, um, my parents were ecstatic. They were so happy for me because all they ever wanted for me in the beginning was just to just to succeed and, and wanted to grow. And um, and and now, you know, to this day, they're extremely supportive. My mom, honestly, is she's like my manager. She helps me with everything, booking flights, helping me with money. Honestly, if, if I didn't have my mom, I would be broke right now because in life, it's not about what you make; it's what you keep. Okay. And in the beginning, I uh, I, I used to spend way too much because I just it, it's just how it is in network marketing you think it's coming in forever like on that level and and so thanks to her um she really gave me a lot of education they're extremely supportive now and, and they love what we do uh, let's shift gears a little bit to the other end of the spectrum what was your worst moment ever in network marketing Ooh, good question good question so this is funny so my first four months in the business i i okay this is like my example so i got in i got all excited and in the first place i went my first network was my fraternity right and so i went there i was like guys we're getting rich we're making this happen trust me and and they all trusted me they all knew who i was so they're like you know okay luke's not going to put his reputation on the line for a scam or like something like that and so they all got in and so i got 17 people enrolled in four days just being like trust me and and remember these are like these are big packs you know we're talking like 500 dollar packs the kids you don't have a whole lot of money and so i was like all right freaking let's go we're gonna get rich here we go and so then i went home for christmas break because it was around the finals time of my sophomore year and i went home from christmas break and 
And, and I was expecting, you know, them to go do the same thing I did. You know, I was like, I did it. They'll do it. And then we'll duplicate. And then we'll come back, you know, in the uh, next month. And we're going to kick butt. And so I ended up coming back next month ready to take on the world. And it was interesting because all the people that I thought were going to do this with me and thought were going to duplicate and grow ended up quitting on me. And so that was like a wake-up call to me where it was like, okay – you got an option here. You know, there's, there's two options because as of this point, now these people are all mad at me, right? They're all like, you scam me out of the money. You're this or that. And so I was like, either number one, I can, I can choose this path, which is blame the business model, say these things don't work, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And I could go back to my normal everyday life or number two, I could, I could be real. You know, I'm like, whatever's been done can be duplicated. Other people have done it. If they can do it, I can do it. I just got to figure out exactly how to do it. And so I, I obviously chose the latter of the two, mostly for my reputation and pride sake, to be real. I'm like, I can't be labeled that person. I need to be the person who makes this win or makes this work, um, you know, to, to show them, you know, that, 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 that they were the ones who made the wrong choice, not me. And so I was motivated to go and go. And my first four months in the business were just a complete wash. Like I, I'm not kidding. I worked as much as I could. I talked to everybody, like literally everybody. Um, and, and I got, dude, my friends called me the scammer, you know, and because what would happen is I'd get a team of five and then they'd quit. I'd get a team of four and then they'd quit. I get a team of three and then they'd quit. And so it was like this roller coaster of a road. And, and at this time, Simon, I was working so hard on my business that for the first time ever, you know, my grades started to drop. And, and I was in a situation where, you know, all I had to do really was get kind of like in the, you know, a Dean's list, like three, five or higher. And if I did that for my four years, um, I was pretty well guaranteed a job out of college that, you know, just because of uh, connections that we had. And, and for the first time that didn't happen, you know, it was dropping low. Um, I had a girlfriend for three years. She ended up breaking up with me. I, my family, you know, thought that I was just off the deep end at this point, again, because grades were dropping everything. I, I committed social suicide. All my friends thought I was just crazy and out of my mind. And four months into it, I was at the lowest low I have ever been in my entire life. I'm talking, you know, I had anxiety. I, I couldn't sleep. I, I, I was just worried. And I'm not that type of person. If you ask anyone to describe me, I'm like the most energetic, happy person in the world. And for the first time, I, I, I just lost myself and who I was. And, and the story goes like this is I remember one night, it was about two or three in the morning and I had some insomnia. I couldn't sleep. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go on a walk. And there was a park right across the street from my house, about two blocks across the street. And I walked over to that park and, and I was sitting in this little swing set, just it all just hit me. You know, I was focusing on everything that I'd lost, everything that I'd sacrificed, everything that I'd given up. And, and I just, I really just started crying. You know, I was just like, I was talking to God and I was like, God, like, what did I do? Did I, was I sold a false dream? Is this all a lie? Is this real? You know, would I, if I really just been chasing, you know, nothing, I've been chasing butterflies this whole time. Like, is this what it takes to become successful? If it is, is it even worth it? And, and I started asking that. And then I asked God, I was like, God, I just need, I just need a sign. I can't do this. I've done everything I can on my own and nothing is working. Like I'm giving it to you. Like, give me a sign that this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm not kidding you. I meant Simon, right. When I asked that, I looked up in the sky and I saw a shooting star go across the sky. Okay. And, um, and it was 
one of the most magical moments in my entire life because right then and there, I realized something that I've never forgotten, and it's that I became thankful and appreciative for my struggle. And I think that is the turning point that everyone has to make because I started smiling, I started laughing because the realization I came to was that I had to go through that. I had to go through the struggle, I had to go through the anxiety, the pain, the everything, so that when I have other people on my team that are going through that same thing, I can stare into their eyes and say, keep going, it's worth it, I know how you feel. And so this is the powerful thing and this is what I teach people on my team is that what really changed in that moment when I saw that shooting sky star? Nothing really changed physically. I still was having my grades go down for the first time ever. I still had a girlfriend of three years break up for me. I still did commit social suicide. I still did start to lose the respect of my family. All those things were still physically real. The one thing that changed that day was my perspective and my mindset towards them. And instead of looking at that as a reason for why I shouldn't be doing it, I instead looked at it as, a, as an incredible thing, something that was gonna help me get to the next level. And I became thankful and grateful for that struggle. And I started to use that story of struggle as a story to help me grow. And the very next day, I've got, I found my, my best friend and, and my business partner, a guy named Jamie Cheerio. He was working at Taco Bell. He was 17 years old and he was just like, let's do this dude. And, and me and him, you know, we, we built an empire together in the next 18 months. And that's when everything in my life changed. Wow. It's, um, I was going to ask you more questions, but you basically summed up what it takes to be successful. <laughs> it's all in the mindset. It's all the way you look at things and your beliefs, your opinions on things that happened. That's it. There's literally nothing more. And that's what's so hard for people is it's so simple. It's so, so simple. I think it was, um, who was it? I think it was Bruce Lee who said, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared of the man who's practiced one or 10,000 different punches one time, but I'm deathly scared of the man who's practiced one punch 10,000 times. And that, that my, that, that punch for me is the ability to become an eternal optimist. All we see the good in every situation, almost, you almost have to become naively optimistic in order to get it there. And, um, and that's been the biggest thing for me. Yeah, and because you know, people ask me, and you basically just demonstrated, a lot of my coaching clients ask me all these problems. I was like, you know what? What happened doesn't bother you. It's your opinion of what happened that bothers mm. you. You give up the opinion, then everything will be fine. And just like you, you basically, all those bad things, your girlfriend dumped you, all that stuff, you know, you can't, that, those things are actually not bad or anything, but it was your opinion about them. And once you gave that up, you appreciated it, and everything turned around, right? That's it, 100%. And that is MLM Nation. If you listen to that, is the secret to success, to not just MLM in anything in life, in your personal life, if you want to be a better husband, better father, better wife, that, you know, give up the pin and start challenging your beliefs of what happened. Because you can't change, like Luke was saying, whatever happened, he couldn't change that, but he could change the way he's looking at things, his perspective. And once his perspective changed, everything else in his life changed. Yep. How did you deal with people calling you scammer, scammer? Because that's something that's tough to deal with. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was the hardest thing for me, honestly. That was that was so hard for me because I used to really, really care about what other people thought of me. I really did. And and I used to get a lot of my value. I used to perceive success because everyone has a different definition of success. And I used to believe the definition of success was almost social value, my relationships and, and things like that. And 
that was a big part for me. I think um, in in life, it's you always need to, you know, you got to, in order for your business to grow, you need to grow as a person. And so how I dealt with that was really, again, gaining perspective. And I, I repackaged that as my fuel and that motivation. Because every time I wanted to quit, every time I wanted to give up, I just thought about if I give up, they're right. They're going to be right. But there is no way I'm going to let them be right. I am going to make them eat those words. You know, they're, they're not going to be mad. You know, they're not going to be mad at me, you know, for, for telling, you know, for getting them into a quote unquote scam. They're going to be mad at themselves for not trusting me for long enough in order for them to benefit from this business model. And I, I wanted to make them see me help other people become successful so that they would then know they were the ones that made the mistake that's not me. And so when I, re, when I just, again, repackaged it, re, re, you know, changed my perspective on it. And that's what motivated me. And it turned into that becoming my biggest fuel to keep going and keep driving and finding that success. Mm, super, super good. Want to know the best places to find new prospects in a new city? What places to advertise and find leads? As an MLM Nation Insider member, you can get How to Find Prospects in a New City course and all my other training courses for free. Normally, these courses sell for $47 on our website, but all MLM Nation Insider members have free access anytime. You definitely want to be an Insider member. Go take a dollar trial and check it out at www.mlmnationinsider.com. That's mlmnationinsider.com. All right, thank you, Luke. You've been, you've been awesome. Uh, some couple more quick questions to pick your brain, okay? These could be shorter answers as we wrap mm-hmm. up the show. The first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Ooh, good one. Um, the God's gift to us is the ability to make an impact, and our gift to God is the size of the impact that we make. Wow, that's good. Who is that by? I really don't know. I just saw it one day, and it just stuck with me forever. That's very good. What is uh, Luke, what's one habit that's helped you become successful? Mm, one habit is reading every single day and, and diving into personal development and getting into a morning routine. And I'll because it's not just reading; it's it's everything. You know, I have the I have the routine down where I again think you need to build yourself to build others. Um, mind, body, spirit. Wake up. I pray. I read the Bible. I listen to a great audio while I'm while I'm making my breakfast. I go work out and I do that every single morning. And I think that's really really helps me a lot. I love it. I'm a big fan of routines. Um, mm. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Uh, the best piece of advice I'd ever received was, I think it was really just treating others as you'd like to treat yourself. And, and when you do that, everything, everything will take care of itself. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say uh, you, have a, you have a qualified prospect. Do mm. you send them a link to an online video first? Or do you meet with them and then use an iPad presentation? Or do you do a Zoom presentation? Or do you do a three-way call of the upline? What do you like to use? Yeah, my uh, my favorite tool is uh, is in a video. I think that videos are the most effective and duplicatable tools because they eliminate that game of telephone where it's like I talk to someone and talk to someone and talk to someone and everything changes. However, every time I do use a video, I use it as an introduction and I always say, hey, check out this video. It's going to give you the basic idea of what we're doing, why we're doing it, how it works. However, it's not enough information in order for you to make a decision on if this is you or if it's not for you. And so after you watch the video, hop on a call with me. We'll talk more and we go from there and so i love the tool of a video however i always add that disclaimer and then i get on the phone and i physically talk to them do you have a favorite online resource like a dropbox or evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend 
Mm, honestly, I really just use the notes on my phone. Anytime I, I find something good, I just put them on the notes in my in my um, iPhone, and I kind of just really use that. What's one book you could recommend to MLM Nation? One book I could recommend to MLM Nation. Man, there's so many good books out there. So many good books out there. What's I one? Th- you give two or three then. Yeah. Okay. I'll get. I'll give two or three. So, so the first book that really got me thinking was the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and that is very. That's incredible for just the simplicity behind going out there and finding success. Um, number two book that that I love just for a network marketing perspective, and I think it's so generic, but it is so powerful. It is. It is GoPro by Eric Worre that really taught me the basics of network marketing and how it all works and everything like that. Um, and in a third book that really got me going was the new psycho cybernetics. I think that book talking about the power of your mind, um, is, is extremely, extremely powerful when you start to understand that concept. Oh, that is good. I knew you must've, you know, it doesn't surprise me because when you share the mindset, that's what, that's a book that most people don't know about that should be studied over and over and over again. Yes, for real. It's amazing. <laughs> that is the one book the new psycho cybernetics by Dr. Malcolm uh, Maltz. Yeah, it's a classic. It is something that uh, you know. What thing that turned me around is I'm not doing it. I read it, but I start teaching it. And once you yes. start teaching it, then you start realizing all the things that the book tells you that you're not doing. Right? It's so all, true. It's all in the mindset. All in the mind, and so so good. And um, great, great recommendations. And ML Nation, I know you love audio. So if you haven't read it, you can get an amazing free audiobook, any of those three books that Luke just mentioned at, for free at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. Now, Luke, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Ready. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you didn't even know your parents, your family, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing or the first place you go to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? <laughs> Good question. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal this answer from Aristotle Onassis. And um, Aristotle was actually asked this question. If he was stripped away from all of his fortune, what would, he, what would be the first thing that he would go out there and do? And the first thing he said he would do is he would find out the place in town where all the most successful people go, whether that's a country club, whether that's a restaurant, whether it's something there. And he would go to that place and he would start to rub, you know, rub shoulders with the most intelligent, most successful people in the world and in that area. And that is, that is exactly what I would do. And I would be honest and I'd be sincere with my intentions, my goals, and, and I would meet people and I would network and I would go from there. As we wrap up, any last words or advice, Luke? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. My my best piece of advice is don't complicate this. It's this industry is so so simple. You know, it's like every single day if you're going to invite someone to a movie, you don't think about, "Oh, how am I going to invite them? What kind of pro- text process am I going to do? How am I going to follow up with them with things like that?" No, you just hit them up and you invite them to the movie. You know, if you're going to invite your friends, you know, to come over for dinner, you just you just do it. You just ask them, you know, if you want to recommend a movie or you want to recommend a, some a new, you know, song, you just do it, you know? And and as long as you truly believe in what it is that you're doing, then, then go out there and, and just do it. Don't complicate it. And, and that can be my biggest piece of advice to every single one of you guys. And you guys can connect with me. I'm on, I'm on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, it's just Luke Hessler. And then my Instagram and Twitter is Luke underscore Hessler.
MLM Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Luke Hessler. So keep up the momentum and go to MLMNation.net and type in Luke, L-U-K-E, at the search bar and the show notes. Uh, all the nuggets of wisdom, the books that Luke talked about, and also his contact info, all the links will be right there. As you can tell, he's an awesome leader, only 23 years old. You definitely want to connect with him. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Luke, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much, Luke. You have been amazing. God bless you. Hey, thank you, Simon. God bless. Want to know how to prospect more confidently and speak with influence? As an MLM Nation Insider member, you get my Speak to Influence course along with 17 other training courses for free. These courses are normally $47, but with your dollar trial, you get all of them for free for seven days. Go check it out at MLMNationInsider.com. Again, that's MLMNationInsider.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chen. Gosh, I am fired up from amazing training from Luke Hessler. Only 23 years old. If you actually look at his baby face, you probably think he's 15. It's really incredible. It's just so cool. That's how this profession can grow people. If you want to learn, grow, you can achieve amazing things, right? What a, you know, there's so many lessons here. I took like uh, more notes than ever. I mean, first of all, it was like, he talks about connecting with Gen... Uh, well, actually, let's go right to the thing. That really... Forget about the Gen Y and all that, but I want there's so many nuggets of wisdom here, right? It can go on and on. I just want to say, he basically reviewed the success and what my philosophy is. like, whatever happened doesn't bother you. It's your opinion of what happened that bothers you. So apply that to all any part of your life, whether it's downloads that will quit, people that reject you, people that call you a scammer, whatever, whatever happened, that doesn't bother you. It's your opinion of what happened that bothers you. And once you change your opinion, let go of those opinions, you'll be not only will you be more successful, you'll be way happier. Right? Like what happened happened, his girlfriend broke up, his GPA dropped, he would commit a social suicide, all that stuff like Luke shared. He couldn't change that, but once he changed his perspective, he started appreciating his perspective was he appreciated instead of complaining or worried about he appreciated all those things that happened, his quote unquote struggle. Because you have to go through the struggle in order to be successful. And that's what success is. And there's a great book called A Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson. It's a it's a Christian book, but it talks about like you know, any per, any uh, per, anyone from any faith can read it. It's basically like God will test you, right? Whatever belief, the spiritual being high being, they will test you. But never test you about what you cannot bear. But most people, when it gets really tough, at that Luke moment, when he's, he's crying in the park, they will quit. But if you keep going, it's normally the aha moment is right where, over that cliff. That's when you get an aha moment. That's when he realized, hey, he appreciated the struggle. He realized he had to go through that. He had to, because by going through that, he became that person. And most of you listening to your struggle, you're not that person yet. And whatever, maybe you have some success, you want to go to the next level, you, you always got to look at things differently. It's your perspective. Once Luke's perspective changes, everything changed, right? And really inspiring. He talks about himself being an eternal optimist, you know, and that's what he's most proud of. That's a great thing to be proud of. I'm an eternal optimist. It's almost like, hit me, hit me, hit me, hurt me. I don't care. I'm always going to, I, I want to be eternal optimist. I appreciate the struggle. And like almost, if you go to the battle with any person like that, you can't beat them. Because no matter what you do to them, you remember the mind gives up way quicker than if you listen to the special episode behind the scenes. I talked about the mind gives up way quicker than the body. 
really good stuff. Think about that, right? Your perspective. Whatever happened doesn't doesn't bother you. It's your opinion of what happened. Give up the opinion, the way you look at things, everything will be a lot easier. And also, you won't get emotional about it either. Okay, let's move on. A couple of things he shared about it. He's leading with, your, leading with your heart. When he first went to Africa at like 17, 18 years old, he saw President Shirley Johnson, who won the Nobel Peace Prize, how to lead with the heart instead of leading with authority. And this is the business. Like, you can't demand people to do things. You have to lead with the heart. Connect because you were connecting with people. Here's a couple of big tips about, uh, I get this all the time, how to connect and re- recruit Gen Y, right? Young young kids. And he, he brought a good point. Most people, most Gen Y, quote-unquote, lazy. They're not really lazy. They're partying and having fun because they don't want to go into the real world. The real world of 40 years and work, you know, work forever. And they don't want to, they don't like that life. And that's why they're like, hey, I might as well live it up, right? You've heard that term, live it up. Because everything, once you graduate, everything's going to go downhill. They're trying to live it up. When you get older or you turn 30, everything goes downhill, right? So they want to live it up. So what you have to do is show them a different plan. Get See the word in their eyes and then get them to see your vision. Trans, he talks, Luke talks about transfer the vision. Get them to see what you see. And because uh, it's important, he had a great quote about Harriet Tubman. So she helped the thousands of slaves. But she said, our free thousands more slaves if they realized they were slaves. It's just like those slaves did not realize they were slaves. So you have to get them to see things differently. So how do you transfer vision? Number one, your, it starts with you, your beliefs. How do you believe in this business? What's your belief about this business? Number two, give them examples of success. And number three, show them a plan. Show them how network marketing, can, they can be different. They don't need a 40-year plan. They can do a three-year, five-year plan. Next big lesson from Luke was never confuse activity with productivity. Never confuse activity with productivity. It's, it's a sorting business. He said most won't, some will. Most will, some, you know, it's a sorting business. Sorting, sorting, sorting. And he t- talked about failing forward. You know, it's funny. You can figure out, what, this is a good thing. If you figure out what doesn't work, sooner or later you can figure out what works, right? And that, I'm thinking about that. Wow, that is really true. And not just in my ML business, but also launching ML Nation. Uh, I've made, you know, a lot of decisions. I could re- you know, I wish like, Oh, I didn't make those. Of course, now I appreciate them because it made me where I am today. But if you fig- if you do things that don't work, sooner or later you will figure out things that will work. And the thing that um, really is the key to growing so fast as someone that is 23, like Luke, grows so fast, is how you listen to presentations. You listen to his own presentations, fine. That a quick, immediate feedback, it's kind of like you're like your own coach. Nothing replaces that. Tell your ML Nation, go record your phone calls. If you don't know how, um, you can use Skype. I use Skype. And I know some people use other stuff. I use Skype. I pay credits. I call people and I record them. Skype, you can record them. I, I would listen and analyze. And this is, now you have it on Skype. Way back in the day, I had to get a device from Radio Shack, which is barely in business now, connect to the computer and connect to another uh, recorder, connect to my, all that stuff, right? And on my phone, like a three-way connection. I'll record and I'll listen to myself. Oh my goodness, why do I sound like that? All that. And even like when I launched ML Nation, I'm like, oh my goodness, the first couple episodes, why did I say like, sound like this? Why did I, oh my goodness, right? Like, I'm terrible. But you know what? <laughs> that's how you sound. I'm like, Simon, that's, gosh, that's how you sound. So that's actually have made me much, much better. And if you listen to the show, you realize these episodes are probably way better than the beginning episodes because um, afterwards, people would say, oh, you're a good interviewer. I was like, I better be darn good because I've been doing three episodes a week for, you know, 200-something. You're doing 200-something, anything 200 times over and over again and listening to yourself, how good you sound, or how most of the time, how awful you sound, you get good pretty quickly. So there's no secret to success. Basically, two things right there. 
It starts with your mindset, the way you look at things. Number two, immediate feedback. Listen, record your presentations. If you're talking to a prospect, you record it with your phone. Listen to how you present. Because often it's not what you say, it's how you say it, how it comes across. So, Really good stuff. I can go on and on. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to master here. Uh, and just last thing is the mindset. I, I love the you know perspective of things. Network marketing is so easy. You just have to master one presentation. It's not like when I was in, gosh, in school. I did study organic chemistry, all that stuff. I had to learn different, all these synthesis things or whatever in corporate America. You just have to learn one presentation and get really, really, really good at it. And I love that quote, Bruce Lee. He's not scared of someone with a thousand punches, but he's afraid of the person with one punch practice a thousand times. So, awesome. Make sure you connect with Luke. MLNation.net, go to search bar, type in Luke, L-U-K-E. You sign him. He's like a baby, 15 years old. That's the leader that just spoke to you. Amazing, amazing. I just love this profession, what it can do. How it develops and grooms leaders, grooms of next generation leaders. Second, MLNation, you love this? Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Really need the reviews to help motivate me. It helps the whole community. It helps people. Why? Because it helps people find the show. And we're all in one. Like I said, there's 100 million people in network mark in direct selling. And we're all in one. So we grow, everyone else grows. Thank you for sharing this um, to the MM community. And I'm, Anisha, I'm just loud and proud to be in network marketing. I'm Simon Chan. Love this profession. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.